All views and opinions expressed in this podcast may lead to learning. All information provided is for educational and developmental purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for a growth mindset. Before taking action, please consult your motivation. Welcome to Teacher Talking Time, brought to you by Learn Your English. Learn Your English is a company that is changing the way people study, learn, and teach languages. Learn Your English offers students and teachers strategies to effectively develop their abilities and skills in their own time. Bringing you the latest in English language learning and teaching, Teacher Talking Time explores all angles for teachers and students alike. Got a question? Comment. A story to share. Send us an email at info at learnyourenglish.com. This is the Teacher Talking Time Podcast. Welcome to Teacher Talking Time, the Learn Your English Podcast. It's finally here, guys. I'm Mike. And I'm Andrew. And I'm Leo. Who are we? What are we doing? Why are we doing it? What is Learn Your English? Well, we're here to answer all of these questions and more. In this episode, we'll introduce our company, what we do, and then later, we'll dive into the inspiration for the company and what we hope to impart. Let's start with the development of the growth mindset, being open to change. We're going to look at it all today, folks. Stick around for that and more. We'll be right back. Hi guys, this is Mike from Learn Your English and you're listening to Teacher Talking Time. Alright, welcome back to Teacher Talking Time. Uh, Now, the purpose of this, guys, is just to introduce us and introduce the company a little bit. So, uh, Leo, actually, you started this company a little while ago, right? So Mm -hmm. why don't you tell us about how how the idea came to mind? That's a very good question. I don't really remember how the idea came into mind. Um, I think I was just really unhappy with the status quo of English language teaching. Mm -hmm. And I I think I was just growing tired of most private schools. And I think, I mean, you guys also have experience teaching in those private schools so um, I think that was my first instinct is I wanted to do something that reflected my own values and um, again looked at education from a more ample perspective I would say Um, and I think that's how it started so when you say that are you thinking more in terms of making it more professionalized yes I think Andrew and I have talked about this Oh, countless times, yeah. I think one of the biggest issues we have in our industry is the lack of professionalism. Um, People think that if they just take a four-week course, they're prepared to teach. And I think that's a misconception. Right. Yeah, and then, I mean, hopefully them finding out uh, ways to improve themselves later on. So, like, that's, I think, the biggest challenge. Because from my experience, when you mentioned private schools... From my experience, that's that's tough because a lot of people are working at those private schools because they mm-hmm. want to make ends meet. Right. That's their entry into the into mm-hmm. the industry. Um, but if they don't have a unique and beneficial experience, then they're also likely to equally leave the industry quite quickly. So uh, I can totally I totally get what you're saying, and I can see why you see value in having 
um, something that you take passion in mm-hmm. and that you want to uh, improve to right. help develop yourself, not mm-hmm. just work up the ladder, but yeah. develop. Yeah, and for me, man, I'm happy to be part of this as well in terms of a development company, a development-aimed company, because mm-hmm. I think we all have similar stories. A lot of teachers, I'm sure, do. Where I started, I took my four-week, as we call it, crash course, right? And then I had to kind of learn <laughs> learn on the go, yeah. right? Yes, right? Yeah. I got no help after that. And it's a sink or swim mm-hmm. industry. And all of us have, have swum, mm-hmm. thankfully, right? But I, we've seen lots of teachers who... Who did sink, and it doesn't mean that they're bad teachers necessarily, but they didn't have the help or the aid or the follow-up necessary yes. after their very minimal, quite frankly, just legal requirement to teach, right? And I think it goes back to the idea that the problem is not so much with the teachers, but with the state of affairs in mm-hmm. our industry. I think the biggest problem is we, we perceive education as being a four-week course where after you finish that, you're ready to go and step into the classroom and teach your lesson. But what they don't really tell you is that, like you said, Andrew, most of the time you're going to be learning on the job. Yeah. Well, that's just it. It's an ongoing process, yes. right? And that's not, subject. that's not unique. I mean, most jobs are like that, right? Yeah. But I think it's nice to have a follow, a, a possible follow-up or, or a development cycle to, available to you if you want it, mm-hmm. right? Because, I, I mean, I tell the story all the time about my first interview uh, ever when I used to teach in Costa Rica. And, and I went to the job interview and the DOS was giving us a tour around and he told us... <laughs> Uh, we went into a classroom and on the board was a, a sentence, I don't remember the sentence exactly, mm. but it said something like, I have eaten pizza today or something like this, right? And and he said, oh, someone was teaching present perfect today. And I thought in my mind, oh my God, I don't know what that, what's present perfect. I have no idea what that is, right? <laughs> and I'd already finished my course, right? right? So what does that say about, I mean, about well, the course. It's, well, it's also about me a little bit, of mm-hmm. course, right? But right. these are things, and then I taught myself what that is. And, and as we go through it, oh, I now have to teach second conditional tomorrow. What's mm-hmm. that? And you, you learn how to teach it. So some of this is just on the job, natural training, right? But there was nothing available to me. And I'm sure you guys had the same experience in terms of actually asking questions and learning how to teach yes. these things. And DOSs are so busy in this industry. And there's almost no time, unfortunately, for developing their own teachers. So I think I'm really excited to join this company because that's hopefully what we can try to mm-hmm. to fix. Yeah, and I think that's a valid point is that each, you know, each context is going to be different and I think that's what we have to appreciate, right? That mm-hmm. that some cases there are lo- there's lots of companies that have great support, but unfortunately it's just become uh, a business and yes. DOSs as you point out Andrew DOSs spend most of their time scheduling, making sure that they have bums in seats, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. uh development, proper development sometimes takes uh, a back seat to that. So yeah, I mean, first of all, Leo, I think it's a great idea that you did start this company, and then uh, thank you for uh, asking Andrew and I to, uh, to yeah. tag along for it. Yeah, I feel like you guys were the ones who asked to join me in a way. <laughs> we did actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, do you well, we flirting? We you guys were flirting with me. <laughs> uh, well, you I mean it's easy to flirt with someone when they're uh, as dreamy as you. That's right. So, okay. You, gotta, you can't well, see it, guys, but he's got this sexy beard going on. <laughs> but just uh, from my own personal level, oh. like Andrew mentioned, that like he got started in uh, Costa Rica. I got started in Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, started in Korea. Went to Japan, China. Um, how much it's, did you know when you actually started those positions? Like, how much did you know about the language? Well, no, I mean, not not much at all, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. I knew basic survival skills, maybe how maybe how to prepare a lesson, okay. only to find out that the lesson I had learned to prepare was not applicable in my <laughs> teaching context. <Right. laughs> um, but but again, I, I think you know you have to look at each context where you're teaching because uh, I did have good support, so mm-hmm. I had an additional training program, and part of the training program was actually. Uh, an actual language awareness. That's good. Element. That's good. So, um, and it was Berlitz, you know, I know, you know mm-hmm. disclosure, full disclosure. 
But that's just part of their style. Like you mm-hmm. have to know the grammar patterns because you're drilling them repeatedly, right? Mm. And um, you know that's where I cut my teeth, and uh, I think that uh, it helped me later on in life because I, I sometimes do go back to those those audiolingual methods and yeah. um, and and, and, and yeah. use them to survive just in the classroom. No, I think that's a good point, right? Because I think these courses we're not here to criticize but I think I think they have lots of value I mean I've taught them for for years mm-hmm. you, you guys have all done teacher training right I've, there are lots of almost everything I would say in those courses are really good the issue that we've we've seen is there's just not enough time yes for the teachers right. to delve into the material and to actually implement it and practice using it and it's all really good but it's a crash course in its definition in that there's just no time to actually practice what you've learned right and basically, just to go back to the vision of the company, I think that's what it is, is to basically um, provide teachers with alternatives to develop themselves. Because we're not here to prescribe anything here. We basically just want teachers to be in charge of their development. Um, we can help. We can provide support. But we cannot do the work for them. Right. Actually, I have a question for you, Leo, because you were a, a director of studies here for a bit. Um, what uh, Has it been your experience that... DOS has struggled to present professional development because you have so many teachers and you have teachers at different ends of the developmental spectrum. So you have like a beginner teacher that mm. might need help in one area versus a, an expert that might need help in another. Yeah. I mean, was that another gap that you might have recognized? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember um, I only had about 10, 10, 12 teachers to work with, which was great. It was a smaller school. Um, but we did have professional development at least once or twice a month. But it is, it is interesting to notice that there is this gap in teachers' developments. We had teachers who were just out of their pre-service, teachers who were having a couple of in-service um, sessions, and they were all at different stages of their, of their um, teacher development. And sometimes I found that certain activities would work really well with certain teachers that were more you know, uh, at, a, at the beginner level, and others who were more advanced. And then it goes back to the whole idea of ego. They're more... The ones that have been teaching for more than 10 years didn't want to attend workshops because they said, well, I already know this. But we, I, we're going to talk about this whole idea of ego yeah. later on. But yeah, yeah I think that's yeah. one of the visions of the company. No, that's yeah. a great. Yeah, well, I think that's why I bring it up because I mm. think um, part of the, you know, we are an online company. Um, being online, you know, there's a great advantage to that. You can customize things. You can make it yeah. um, individual, not, not mm-hmm. necessarily universal. So it's a nice way of... Uh, outsourcing that type of service yeah and I, mean, I think there's a there's a culture of not going to PD maybe at a school that you work at it, it maybe proceed as an after hours type of thing fair enough so I think we're we're trying to, to offer something that's more outside of that in your own time it's online mm-hmm. at your own leisure at your own pace but still you can develop yourself and learn new things and I think I can speak for us we're, we're here in this I don't know if we want to call it a company a community whatever because yeah, we want to learn more, but mm-hmm. we weren't given or haven't been given that opportunity to, to do that. So yeah. we're here, we're learning, and we want to try to share that uh, with, with others, with other teachers you know, around the world. I think in general, if you are in education, you have to have a learning mindset. You have to be constantly developing. You have to be constantly learning. And it doesn't matter what you're learning. You could be learning about evolutionary psychology. You could be learning about business, about like uh, podcasting, you know. You just have to be learning something new every day. And it goes back to that article that we were talking about. Yeah, medium, um, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five hours of learning every day. Maybe teachers don't have five hours a day. But if you spend an hour a day reading an article, by the end of the month, you have learned quite, quite a, lot. a lot. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just bringing it up here. It's the five-hour rule. If you're not spending five hours per week learning, you're being irresponsible. Kind I agree of a, with that. Yeah, sure. A controversial title, but Michael Simmons is the author. It's on Medium. Uh, I followed him yesterday. He's a, a life coach, a, mm. a guru. He had a web free webinar last night. I didn't actually attend it, but <laughs> uh, he read this because it was free. It's free, exactly. Uh, but he has lots of lots of interesting quotes in the article. It's it's a good read. So five hours a week. He yeah. says it's not a lot. I mean, that's less than an hour a day, right? That's yeah. less than an yeah. hour a day. It depends yeah. how you define learning. Uh, he has pictures of Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and Barack Obama here reading. Reading is a great way to learn. He talks about expanding vocabulary. I mean, these are all tips that we'd say to our students, right? But it's not student specific. It's it's life specific, right? Yeah, and I, and I wonder, like just looking at those three individuals you just mentioned, how open are they to change? Because I think that's the key yes. thing, right? Yes. It's oh, that's being good. Open to adding new habits to your life. Right, starting to read well, that out. Obamacare. Yes. That's pretty. That's a pretty big change. Oh, I think he's pretty. Let's not get political. <laughs> and that goes back to the whole vision of the company. Is we're actually trying to help people to become better learners, because right. I find that a lot of the times we're just not good learners. We we think we know how to learn, but do we? Actually, I have a question. You brought up a, and we were talking before the before the podcast. Mm. You brought up a quote. And it, it was something about in our profession, a lot of the professional development actually does not target teaching and learning. It actually targets linguistics. Theory. Mm-hmm. A lot of theory. We're bombarded with theory. Um, a lot of the times, this theory is actually not applicable in the classroom. And I think that's the biggest issue that we have is there is there's no... There's no connection between what you're learning and how you're going to apply that in the classroom. Not to mention the fact that a lot of the received knowledge that we're getting is not being contextualized. For example, try doing a communicative language, uh, a communicative lesson with a group of Chinese students. They're not used to that kind of approach because they're probably dealing with more of a, uh, you know, focus on form, teacher-centered approach, that kind of thing. It doesn't mean they can't get there, you can't impart it, but the first class is not going to go the way you envision it because you have, there's cultural Mm -hmm. barriers or boundaries that are are in any any classroom that we teach in, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it really is finding that, recognizing the theory, but finding how to practically mm-hmm. apply it in, in our daily classrooms. And I think that, uh, that you know, the, the Chinese example is one example, but a lot of that comes down to just good teaching practice. And that's yes. what I think that we want to return to, mm-hmm. is yeah. uh, helping teachers become better, te- better teachers, more comfortable in their own shoes. And how do you become a better teacher? That's the question. We have to become a better learner. Yes. And you have to teach. And, yes. you have to, <laughs> and you have to reflect on your Learn learning. by doing. Yeah. I mean, I always use this example. Oh, reflection's it's, good. I like that. Reflection's yeah. really I mean, it's kind of cliche, but I always, when I do the teacher training courses, I always ask them, how do you, you know, do you know how to ride a bicycle? And most of them say yes. Every now and then there's someone who says, no, I don't know how to ride a bicycle. And I say, how does that happen? How do you not know how to ride a bicycle? Not the point. Mm. Right? And I say, how did you learn how to ride a bicycle? Can you come to the, I always say, the most extroverted student come to the front of the class and I want you to teach us how to ride a bicycle. Mm-hmm. And almost always, sometimes they, they get it, but almost always they explain how to ride a bicycle, right? And, well, you have to, you know, straddle it first and then you have to learn your balance. And, right. then, and then I, after their one minute explanation, I ask the rest, okay, so now do you guys feel confident that you can ride a bicycle? And they'll say, well, no. Mm-hmm. I say, why not? What didn't the teacher do? Like, well, well, what didn't you do? Or what didn't the teacher ask you to do? Well, didn't ask us to ride a bicycle. The only way, you can read a hundred books about how to ride a bicycle. How do you learn to ride a bicycle? You have to ride a bicycle. You have to do it, right? That goes back to the idea of understanding the difference between, um, I think it's called explicit knowledge versus tacit knowledge. Like this, what you're giving an example of, the, the riding a bicycle or 
or uh, playing a musical instrument. A lot mm -hmm. of these things have to do with knowledge that is very difficult for you to transfer to another person. I think my question to both of you is, to what extent is language explicit or tacit knowledge? I think it's very similar to bicycle riding. I mean, I think you can learn about language, right? I think that's that's important. It's not not important, but I think you have to use it. When as teachers, we have to give students, and sometimes we get too caught up in the theory of the language and in the collocations and the collocations or in the activity or in right? the activity. You just get that task done mm -hmm. rather than quality interaction and quality usage, right? right. You, I mean, usage. That's the problem we have with our, the teaching training courses is that our trainees or our teachers don't get chances to practice or to use what we're doing with them and the students is the same thing right you can't expect them to learn something verbally in, in one or two classes they have to actually have a chance to practice to put it into use that's one of the gaps that the literature has um, identified is that the lack of practice we have the practicum um, but usually with the practicum you're not getting mm -hmm. decent feedback there's not enough micro teaching peer teaching observation of others there's very little happening so it's very difficult for us to pinpoint or to identify what good teaching is or how to improve our own teaching because we're not really, it goes back to the point that we mentioned earlier, we're not really reflecting on what we're doing. And why is that? I think because we just don't know enough. Okay. I think we just don't know enough to know that we don't know enough. I find that the more I teach and the more I go back to things that I did five years ago, the more I realize that I did that because I never really thought about what I was doing. I just thought it was Good. That's right. In this case, knowledge is the enemy, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. I'm doing it because I, I think it's right. I think yeah, it's I right, but it doesn't. Do, yeah. yeah. Well, what's yeah. that quote? It's it's impossible to learn what something that you already one know. already knows. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Which yeah. is obviously Epictetus. true. Epictetus. 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 That's right. Oh, well, Andrew just technical difficulty. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're good. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. But I think. But reflection. I like what you were saying there about reflection and. Uh, that's a very simple thing that not everyone does is just having a teacher journal, having a reflective journal, yeah. right? Yeah, writing something um, down every night or every week or whatever yeah. you have time to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's it. That's, that's basically what we have in terms of, of the, the company values. I think, uh, what do we have for the students? Opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, practice, online courses, feedback. Mm -hmm. Consultation sessions. Yeah. I mean, we got it all. Yeah, personalized approach. But mm -hmm. yeah, but what makes us different from all the other schools that we have out there? Well, I think we we, we help them organize their learning. Right. Mm -hmm. It goes back to what you were saying earlier. Like a lot of a lot of, there's a lot of struggle with how to develop good habits, and I think that we go beyond just the language teaching. Right. We we teach them how to really understand and understand or know that they know something mm -hmm. so you know cognitive level higher yeah. order thinking yeah um, you know this is all fancy talk but essentially that's what we're getting at with our learner profiles mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and our personalized um, learning plans and so on just to give you an example of uh, some of the learning to learn strategies that we use with our students I currently am teaching a Japanese student and one of the things we have been doing lately is we don't have a curriculum all I'm doing with her is we identified specific functions or specific situations in which she might need to use the language and we're basically having those interactions like you said providing students with opportunities to use the language in rich and meaningful ways meaning meaning yeah, yeah meaning so yeah. whenever uh, we so do important. an activity we we just do the activity with whatever language that she has at her disposal and then we look back reflect on it and, and try to identify the gaps and then we teach them the language. Oh, there's so They're, much to unpack. We don't have time to talk about well, all this yeah. today, but I mean, meaning is so important, right? I think a lot of the struggles in ELT 
are we as teachers stick to the course book or the mm-hmm. textbook or the lesson where we fall in love with our lessons and yeah obviously just because i love it doesn't mean the students will love it or vice versa mm-hmm. or i think i have to teach this because it's in the book and we're teaching the lesson and we're not teaching the students and what is meaningful to them these are what the tesla training courses or tefl or shelter or whatever don't really get into so much is every class you teach I mean, it sounds obvious, but the students are different and they have different needs and they mm-hmm. have different opportunities. They want different things. And every time we go in there, we have to think about that. And, and, and I hope that's what we are and learning are going to bring to the table is yeah. how can we, how can you personalize that? And I know a lot of teachers don't have time for development or don't, it, you know, it's financially difficult or whatever, but I like to think they're open to the opportunity. It's just there isn't in North America there isn't really much opportunity if you I was in that boat I, I, I was interested to learn something new but didn't know where to turn didn't know where to look so I hope that we can just be there as, a, as an easier more accessible resource mm-hmm. for those types of people mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and I think a, a lot of the students needs aren't met in if they're joining like a group class at a language school mm-hmm. and um, you know this personalized approach uh, getting uh, focusing on meaningful tasks and meaningful language and developing uh, effective and it, habits yeah absolutely. exactly is uh, is really what sets us apart I think mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I mean I know complacency is a big when I've left a couple of the schools I was working at you know complacency was a big word but really I didn't do a lot of reflective tasks for myself in those cases I mean why was I being complacent well I wasn't really challenging myself to be a better teacher I wasn't really I was going in every day and doing the same lessons because I had already prepared them and they were ready to go they were fine but they were. I wasn't really improving myself I wasn't improving the students I was just kind of going through the motions and that's when I realized you know I'm not really doing what I want to be doing I'm not happy with my, my development with, with what I'm doing as a teacher so uh, I moved on and now I'm kind of in the same boat again I'm really happy that we've kind of formed this this community because mm-hmm. I'm excited about the opportunities that are that it, can, it will present I think complacency kills. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to challenge yourself, right? You have to be open to change, but you have to be open to challenges, right? But in order for you to be open to change, what do you need? An open mind. An open mind. <laughs> you need to have an open mind. You need to have courage. courage. Yes. I think that's what a lot of teachers um, struggle with is, is the fact that, like you said, they don't have enough support. They don't know where to go. They don't know who to talk to. And I hope that with Learning English, we're, we're, we're opening this channel this mm-hmm. podcast, we're going to have videos, we're going to have online courses, but ideally what we want is to be there for teachers who want to get better at their craft. Craft. I was going to say, I wasn't going to say, say craft. No. I wasn't going to say craft because that's another podcast. Is teaching yeah. a craft? Is it a science? What is it? We'll save that oh. for the podcast. Oh, that's a teaser. Yeah, I, I like that. that. Oh, yeah, I like that. that. <laughs> no, I, I'm excited. I mean, I, I hope that's what we can do, right? Because... For me, every time I asked for help or asked how can I teach this, what I, I was given a textbook to read or I was given someone else's lesson plan. And really, none of those things help me because it's just, it's like the fish analogy, right? Give a, give a fish, teach the fish. I was given a fish with a lesson plan, but I wasn't told or taught how to create a lesson like that or how to attack that approach. And now I've learned how to do those types of things on my own. I've learned to learn. And how but did you get cases, to that? How did you get to that point? I had to do it myself. I had to put in the work, and it was really rewarding. It was time-consuming, but it would have been a lot easier if I had a, a resource available to me. Mm-hmm. Or someone could say, hey, I know this guy, or I know this woman. They're awesome. They can walk you through the process. Instead of just saying, oh, here's my lesson on it. Do it. And the lesson was great, but I couldn't, wasn't, I didn't at that time have the skill or capability to recreate that lesson on my own in a different format. Yeah. Yeah. You, need to, you just need more coaching, right? And that, that's just it. And that's why we're here. It's a... 
it's, it's recognizing that there are places out there doing great things and helping their teachers and supporting their teachers, but it's, uh, you know, we really want to help provide more coaching for those that don't have it. And, uh, you know, as, as Leo just said, you know, the podcast, the online school, the, the teaching courses that we're creating, the workshops that we develop, we deliver in person, you know, all these things are just, you know, different ways of achieving that goal. Um, but I like that. What I really, um, I think we've all been there, Andrew, and that's, you know, just trial and error, right? You try it out. If it fails, you just keep going. And you're bound to get it right one of these times, right? <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah. we can't be afraid to, to make mistakes. Mistakes, we t- we, as teachers, well, I know curious. we all tell our students this all the time, so why don't we tell ourselves that as teachers? We have to fail. Fail better next time, but fail. Because, well, it we, we goes back to that conversation that we had the other day, is because teachers, they preach but they don't practice. Oh. A lot of, I, I mean, as humans, we're the same. We preach a lot, but we don't really I like that. practice. It's easy to give advice. It's How often easy. do we actually heed our own advice? That's though, right. right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So we had this conversation. Do you remember when we were talking about like, man, sometimes I feel like I'm just preaching to my students, but I'm actually not doing a lot of the things that I'm, I'm yeah. telling mm-hmm. my students yeah. to do. Yeah. So I think the best way to go about that is setting an, a good example. Like one of the things that I find is I, my students, I force them to read. They have to, if you want to study with me, you have to become a reader. And you don't have to read 10 pages a day. Start with one page. One page, yep. Atomic Habits. Yeah. One page every day. Habits. That's an important word. If it becomes a habit, yes. you'll do it all the time. Because you gain the momentum and you, you can't stop. It's yeah. the same thing with anything. Yeah. The way you do one thing is the way you do yeah. everything. That's it. I mean, that's what, I mean, not to be, you know, we want to change the culture. I mean, that's a big statement to make, right? But if teachers get in the habit of doing one new thing every day or one new thing every week or whatever they have time for. I mean, that's, we started doing that. We've seen a big difference, right? Yes. And now we're preaching here again with our microphones. But I can tell you it's worked. It's worked, right? Yeah. So you do one thing every day, and whatever that one thing is. I think we all feel that it's important for, for teachers to explore um, as much as possible, as much as possible, but of course with a beginner's mind. And we, we kind of like segueing into the whole ego thing here because... Mm-hmm. This whole concept of beginner's mind comes from uh, a Japanese writer. Mike, correct me if I'm wrong. How would you pronounce this person's name? Shunryu Suzuki. Suzuki. Yes. Um, we'll fact check that later. Yeah. We'll, Shunryu Suzuki. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think what basically what what it, the whole idea of beginner's mind it means that we we have to try to begin our conversations, our observations, our our conferences, our teacher training programs and and activities without preconceived ideas about what we think we should be going into, the, we should be going on in the classroom. Just basically approach the classroom as if it's the first time you're teaching, it's the first time mm-hmm. you're looking at those students, and then go from there. As opposed to like, I'm gonna go inside with a lesson plan. I've anticipated all the problems, and I'm, I know exactly what I'm gonna be doing. So you're already going in there with, with a predefined agenda, as opposed to just paying attention to what's happening in the classroom and reacting. Kind of like reactive teaching in yeah, a way. Just living in the moment, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, how often do we hear, I mean, we've done it, of course, but how often do we hear teachers complaining about their classes because the students aren't doing X, Y, and Z or Z, depending on your pronunciation Mm -hmm. there. That's a good question. Why aren't they doing it? Well, why aren't, (laughs) what's the reflective task there? Not just complaining about the students not doing 
something that you want them to do, but why aren't they doing it? What is it? Is it my design? Is it just they're having a bad day? Am I having a bad day? Is there something in the we middle? Of, we often blame ourselves or we blame the students most of the mm-hmm. time. Oh, this, they're, they're having a bad day or, or I had a bad day. But we never really think about what's going on in the classroom. Have we developed some sort of rapport with the students? Um, have our instructions been clear enough? Have we scaffolded the activities properly so the students can right. actually yeah. do the activity and get the desired outcomes from that specific so This goes activity. back to ego as well, right? Yeah. Because if I'm not asking myself those questions, I'm going to say, well, my lesson plan is great, yeah. and they're not doing it, so it's, it's, it's their problem. That's, that's a yeah. bad no, response. I, yeah, it, it, exactly. It's, it's taking a, a, the critical eye, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, why didn't that work? And work backwards. Yes. Yeah, I got yeah. to this stage. Okay, well, why was that stage successful and this one wasn't? You know, go backwards. I found a quote here from uh, John Fenselo. Um, guy who wrote a book called Breaking Breaking Rules or Breaking the Rules? Breaking Lecture. Bad? No, no not no, Breaking Bad, Breaking uh, Rules. And he talks about this. Uh, <laughs> he idea, was a teacher too. The <laughs> idea of approaching <laughs> the idea of approaching communications with other teachers from a beginner's mind, he says, what level is this class? Don't tell me. What is the goal of the lesson? Don't tell me. What is the type of activity you're going to use and what content are you teaching? Don't tell me. Let me try to hear what the students say and what you say. And let me try to see some things you and the students do in the classroom. Let me not try to think of comprehension questions or focus listening or warm-up or role plays or any activities that are used to fill in the gaps or fill in the time. Let me try to see and hear what communications are taking place and what communications seem not to be taking place. Love it. Yeah. That is a really nice place to leave it for today, I think. Yes. That's, that's a good ponder that I'm going to reflect on that today yeah. so I think that's the homework for everyone who's listening okay alright as we wrap up I think I, I really do believe teachers want to improve teachers want to get better I think they're just lacking an avenue mm-hmm. to do it resources as well financial of course is a, it's very expensive to that schools don't pay for that usually at least in North America right in mm-hmm. Europe I, we want to develop a European culture I think because in Europe this does exist yeah. now yeah. in South America too South America yeah. too yeah. Yeah. I, to a certain extent I guess so um, teachers want to get better I, we, we want to help them do that I think so an interesting mm-hmm. habit for teachers to develop in 2019 would be mm-hmm. to reflect you, reflect so yeah. perhaps buy a little moleskin journal and start writing down your reflections after class. I think it's it's a good way to start. Yeah, tweak your lessons. Yes. Right? Don't do the same thing. You know, choose one lesson a week and tweak it. Do something different. You could talk about listening as well. Um, going into the classroom, <laughs> Mike is looking at me and he's like, "What is going <laughs> oh, on here?" What? I was thinking about a Japanese writer. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is just listen, listen. to the students. Yeah, listen, we yeah. talked about that. Maybe yeah. you can you can elaborate a little more on the listening part. Well, just. No? Pardon? What? No. No, no. What? No, it's just listening to, uh, just go in and listen to what's happening. You know, are they, are they engaged with what you're talking about or are they clearly distracted mm-hmm. by something else and why is that happening, right? Um, you know, you, you just you know, look at everything, right? Look at what you're doing. Look at what they're doing. Look at their body language. Listen. Um, you know, it's all right. This always comes up, not to go back to what we were talking about earlier, but um, people always say, why aren't my students focused? And they hear the Japanese or Chinese in the background and they instantly think it's a bad thing. Right? Yeah. But, you know, there could be a lot of interlanguage going on there, right? They could be very engaged in the task. So just going, going back, I think listening is important because you can, by listening to what's happening in your mm-hmm. classroom, just another yeah. input that you can use to then judge whether or not you're That's engaging a- your students or 
It's hot. Do we have time for one more quote here? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so getting this... the, the buzzing in my ear, but we got time for one more. Okay. <laughs> so the, the, this, the same point is put another way by, by the Zen master, Suzuki. Suzuki san. Uh, Suzuki san. Shunryu. <laughs> and he basically says. You're getting better at that, by the way. When you listen to someone, you should give up all your preconceived ideas and your subjective opinions. You should just listen to him, just observe what his way is. We put very little emphasis on right or wrong, good and bad. We just see things as they are with him and accept them. And I think that's a good way for us to start 2019, our 2019 teaching. I love it. With that idea. A little bit of empathy, a little bit of reflection. Yes. Yeah. Empathy, reflection, and listening. Listening. Right? Listening. Yeah. Connect, connect. These are all podcasts coming up, guys. Those are really <laughs> good topics to, to extrapolate to get, on. To connecting. Connecting. I mean, what you're, Mike, what you're talking about is connecting with students, and that's obviously a really big part of it, right? So getting that buzzing in my ear, guys, that's all the time we have for the time flies, right? Yeah. When you're podcasting, yeah. I guess. <laughs> uh, first episode, guys, uh, wrapping up. So hopefully you've enjoyed it. Uh, don't be shy if you want to reach out to us. Our email is info at learnyourenglish.com. You can also find us on all the social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, WeChat, and our Twitter, website, our website, website, which is www.learnyourenglish.com or .net. There you go. We have a few blog posts from, uh, Mr. from all of us. From yeah. all of us, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, check out the blog as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, check out all your podcasting, downloading channels for the next episode uh, of Teacher Talking Time. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thanks, folks. Ciao. been listening to Teacher Talking Time, brought to you by Learn Your English. Ready to take control of your education? You're in the right place. Teaching, professional development, learning. Expand your world with Learn Your English.